Are you loving the Categorically Romance podcast? Are you looking for even more places to get your romance fix? Do you rewatch When Harry Met Sally every fall? Yeah, we thought so. <laughs> Check out Meet Cute's newest podcast, The Rom-Com Room, where rom-com connoisseurs Kendra and Mercedes unite each Friday to nerd out about their favorite rom-coms, their love to hates, and every crush and romantic detail in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have with us author Tina Wheeler. We're so excited to have you joining us today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a retired teacher, a mother, a grandmother. Uh, I was born and raised in Arizona, but I did spend a few years outside Dallas, Miami, Seattle. I was glad to come back home, even though it's hot during the summer. And when I'm not writing, I spend a lot of time on um, a face, like like a FaceTime app where I play dolls and other things with my granddaughter. And um, she keeps me quite busy. She's six. And um, and then I pretend to garden. I, I kill plants, including cactus. But, you know, my way of gardening. That's that's okay. That's the only kind of gardening I myself know as well. Maybe occasionally I'll get one watermelon, but. You know, that's that's about it. <laughs> it's the thought that counts in the attempt. <laughs> exactly. Well, in Arizona, you know, rightly now it's like 112 degrees. And so, you, you know, can't keep things for long. When I, If I can keep flowers alive through the cool season, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to ask as a retired teacher to someone going through teaching certification now, oh. what advice would you give for a brand new first year teacher? Oh, geez. Relax and um, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, it's very stressful. And, um, you know, right away, find out who the mentor mentors are in your grade level so that you can ask them a bunch of questions and get advice from them right away. And um, it, it really is the most stressful job I can think of out there because you're everything to these children. And then the curriculum keeps changing and they don't tell you what you don't have to do anymore. They just keep adding on and uh, you spend your days, your evenings on it. You're spending your own money on classrooms and, um, So be kind to yourself and try not to do everything. I started out teaching sixth grade. I did that for eight years. And then um, I went to second grade for 17 years. And it was an inner city school. And um, I loved my my kids in my classroom. And, um, you know, but, you know, after 25 years in a rough area, (laughs) you got to the point where it's like, I'm ready to retire and write full time. And I have my granddaughter, so I still have children in my life. So that's well. We love hearing romance origin stories, and would love to know how you became a romance reader. Well, you know, I'm not the kind that was, you know, I'd always been a romance reader. Um, I started out with, you know, TV shows and movies like An Affair to Remember. I remember that one hit me, and I just cried. And then um, you've got mail. The first Harlequin I ever saw, there was a woman who worked for my grandmother. My grandmother owned a bar in the bad area of Phoenix. Oh, that's so she cool. She had a bartender that rented a room from her. And she had um, 
stacks of Harlequins up against the walls. And that was the first time I'd ever seen them. I was like, okay, she loves them. She's a super fan. And um, then when I was in my early 20s, I received uh, Daniel Steele books for Christmas. And I know she says she's not a romance writer, but these were definitely romance novels. And then later on, Oprah Winfrey had her book club. And I was reading some of those books and I was left feeling drained and empty because a lot of them dealt with such heavy material. And after that, I was like, no, I'm sticking to romance because no matter what you put your characters through at the end, there is a happy ending. You're guaranteed that. And when you shut that book, you feel good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, we're so excited for your Harlequin love-inspired suspense debut, Ranch Under Fire. Tell us all about your book, please. Oh, thank you. Um, it releases, well, it's a February release, but it'll actually be available January 24th. And it's um, it starts with Bailey Scott. She's a medical bookkeeper. She survives a, uh, a workplace shooting. And she is fleeing out through the parking lot when Jackson Walker, an undercover DE agent posing as the medical complex's handyman, drives in and he whisks her away to safety. But pretty soon there's a half a dozen armed gunmen looking for her and they have to figure out why they want to kill her. And while they're fighting for their lives, they're fighting off their feelings for each other because she can real she realizes soon that he's keeping secrets. And she had a former fiance who cheated and lied to her. And she's not going down any road where anybody's keeping secrets from her again. Okay, that sounds so so good. Where did the inspiration for the book come from? Well, the setting is Sedona, which happens to be one of my favorite places on the planet. Uh, the beauty of it just, it feeds my soul. It just That is like my number that. one travel destination. I'm in yes, San Antonio and I pull it up on the maps all the time and tell my husband, like, it's only like a 17 hour drive. <laughs> oh, it just speaks to you. There's something about it, not just the beauty of it, but, you know, just being there. And, um, and then everything else was like a combination of things, the medical, you know, uh, bookkeeper and the cowboy protector is a combination of growing up in Arizona, uh, having law enforcement officers in my family. And um, my sister is in the, the medical field, my husband used to teach accounting a long time ago. Uh, and I used to vacation on ranches. So it's all of that combined. Well, we'd love to know about your journey to getting published. Oh, again, I didn't start this. I was little when I was little. You know, you always have friends who say, well, I used to write stories when I was 10 or whatever. And I came to this late. Um, I always thought, you know, well, maybe someday I might want to write something. And then my daughter, when she was in high school, we were at the public library. And she's going through the books and they're telling you all about these different professions. And so I opened a book, so skimming through and I came across the address for Romance Writers of America. And I thought, oh, I bet I could do that. And you have no clue how hard it is when you start. <laughs> but I found local chapters here and I joined them. And then I found critique partners. And I was so green that 
Harlequins used to, they used to have these duets. And at the beginning of them, they would have the, the, the capital letters for the first, you know, maybe three or four words or something. And that's how I started at my manuscript, where I had it all capital letters, like the way they format, because I had no clue. And I read a bunch of books from the library on how to write romances. And I found some, um, like how to write books in the um, bookstore. I read everything I could get my hands on. And then I remember the first time I sent a manuscript to Harlequin, I wanted to fall onto the grass beside the, um, the mailbox and just get sick. I was so nervous. Of course, it was rejected. And then, and it wasn't the first one. Um, and then after that, I started doing well in contests. And then I um, was published with Wild Rose Press with a, um, just a regular romantic suspense. And then I um, couldn't decide if I wanted to do romance or cozy mysteries. So I had this combination book that ended up being published through Amazon and their Kindle Scout. It was a Kindle Scout winner. Uh, and then after that, I said, you know, I'm going to try cozies for a while. And I self-published eight more books and two novellas. And then about a year ago, I stopped. I said, you know, it's time to try Harlequin again. And uh, before that, you know, um, Love Inspired is an inspirational line. And I kept, I had friends who wrote for that line. I kept saying to my, you know, to God, you know, is this what you want me to do? And he wouldn't tell me. (laughs) So I finally just said, you know, I'm going to commit to it. I'm just going to commit. And when I did, everything fell in place. I have friends that write it, and then they asked me to join their critique group. I went to an online conference, and I pitched a partial to uh, the editor at Heart for Love Inspired and to my agent. And they don't normally buy on partials, but they said because I was published and that I obviously knew what they bought because I read a ton of books in that line. When I was growing up, my mom and I used to watch, um, man, everything, all the mystery shows that came on. We were watching all of them, you know. Um, My husband jokes about don't go to Cabot Cove or you're going to die. You know, it's a murder she wrote. I watched all the reruns. I watch all of them. And I just, I love being part of that. I mean, as a reader, as part of the mystery, trying to solve it. My husband and I still record Perry Mason and we watch those. And, um, you know, it's fun trying to figure out, okay, what could be, or who could be the bad guys this time? And what kind of crime can they have that's not just like everything else? What kind of twists can I come up with? And then putting all of those different elements together into, you know, an exciting story. Well, can you tell us your, I got the call story? Why was that a day? Um, Someone in my family, someone very close to me, was going through some medical issues. And I didn't realize just how stressed I was until I got to my critique group meeting. I'm in two different critique groups. One of them meets at a restaurant. And I was there talking with my friend who's part of this group. And uh, we were there early. I was telling her about the situation. I started crying. Just, you know, I didn't realize I just needed to release. And I didn't realize how badly I was feeling. And, um, and then at near the end, we were there for several hours going over each other's stuff. And then, um, 
I get a call from my agent and she says that, you know, that Harlequin wants to buy my book. And then I started tearing up again. (laughs) But this time, because I'm happy and my friends are in the background and they're like, you know, giving me high fives and, you know, thumbs up. And so I started that critique group meeting crying and I ended it with crying and then I got in the car afterward and I called my husband and my daughter and my mother. (laughs) I'm glad that the uh, sad crying was at the beginning and the happy crying got to end the evening. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, can you share with us what the journey's been like from the call until this point? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, right after I turned the manuscript in, I decided to start the synopsis for the other brother, Cole, his story. And um, the agent or the editor said, you know, she would look at the synopsis for me before I submitted my partial. And uh, she thought it was really strong. She thought it was a strong concept. She thought it was a solid synopsis. And then she moved to Mira. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, no. And so I had to wait weeks for a new editor. And um, meanwhile, they did my revisions. And um, and I, I wrote this, was writing the story because I thought, you know what? If she thought it was strong enough, odds are they will. And if not, I'll sell it somewhere else. But I just kind of that feeling that if she really liked it, they would too. And sure enough, uh, I ended up, my new editor came along and contacted us and she said that, you know, she she would love to work on this book with me. And uh, last week it was the, they made the announcement for the deal on Publishers Marketplace. So it's, it's final work doing it. And it, and well, my deadline is October. So I've been busy working on that. And then in the meantime, I, my husband and I live in a condo and he has the other bedroom. I have a my office or my desk is it's this kitchen nook. And then I thought, oh no, when he's watching TV in the living room, I need a quiet place to work. So uh, we just ordered a recliner. We just received it for the bedroom so I can shut the door. And it, you know, the, the benefit is that the bedroom is the coolest place in the house. And so it's great during the summer and I can hide away in there. And I've been working on just trying to arrange my work days so that I can, you know, put out more books per year and um, work on that time management. And so that's been, I'm finding there's just not enough time in the day. Well, we're so excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell us one of your favorite romance tropes to read. Second chances. My husband and I dated in college and then we broke up. And back then I remember thinking he was the right guy at the wrong time. And then many, many, many years later, he found me on Facebook and he said, I thought I'd lost you forever. And of course I was hooked. Yeah. And and so now we're living our happily ever after. That is so sweet. Yes. A real life second chance. (laughs) What's one piece of advice that you'd offer to aspiring writers? Don't quit. If this is really what you want, then don't quit. Like I said, you know, I've been writing for 20 years 
you know, before I got the call from Harlequin, I, I went down a different path than most people. And that's okay. I needed to find out what I wanted to write and how I wanted to write. And, um, and luckily this happened after I retired from teaching so that I, you know, I now have my days to manage the way I want to. And um, I once met a published author a long time ago before self-publishing. And she told me that every writer she met that didn't quit ended up with a publishing contract. And I never forgot her telling me that. So that's what the advice I give to everybody. Uh, Lastly, where can everyone follow you online? Okay, well, the the best place I'm going to have you know, Harlequin, the best, one of the best parts of writing for Harlequin is they send you books. And so I will be giving some of those away when I receive them. And I'll be doing that through my newsletter. And so wherever they find me, I hope, you know, readers will join my newsletter. So maybe they'll win a copy of the book. Uh, my new, my website is authortinawiller.com. And if you go to the very bottom, you'll find the sign up link. And then um, you can find me on Twitter at author, or I mean, Tina, then the underscore line author, or on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash, uh, what's it, inspirational suspense. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much for letting us have this opportunity to chat with you. We cannot wait for Ranch Under Fire. Congratulations. Thank you so <laughs> very much. I really appreciate it. And it helped me being nervous wasn't um, noticeable. You did perfect. You, you did, did fine. Great. Yeah. And you'll have to come back too. Yes, no, you will have you. to come back. Thank yes. you very much. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We will have links to all the places where you can keep up with the incredible Tina Wheeler. We're so excited for Ranch Under Fire. So keep it on your radar. We will have links that you can uh, to where you can sign up for the newsletter and be on the lookout for the giveaways and all of that. So we are so excited. Aaron and I will chat with you in our next episode. Have a lovely day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>